This podcast contains adult themes and potentially triggering content. Dear Survivor, it's okay to be angry that you have to do the work to heal from a choice that someone else made for you. Hi, I'm Rosa Martin, and welcome to the Dear Survivor podcast. This show hosts conversations with survivors of sexual violence, exploring how trauma has shaped their lives moving forward. Hi! (laughs) Hi, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm good, I'm still nervous. Uh, Well, thank you so much for being here, Joan. I really, really appreciate you for sharing the space for, you know, for anything you're willing to share. And yeah, just for just for being here. You're just so awesome. <laughs> oh my gosh, thank you for asking me. When you asked me, I, I freaked out. I was like, Oh my gosh. Aww. She thinks that she thinks I'll be good. <laughs> yeah, you, you you'll be amazing. Um, yeah, can you introduce yourselves? Um, I guess, give me a little anything about you that you want people to know? <laughs> yeah, I get yeah, I don't know what I want people to know, but I'm Joan. I'm 25. I grew up in El Paso, Texas, and I lived in Baltimore for 5 years, which is where I met Rosam. Um, I don't know like how much about yourself you share on this, but we met in a survivors group. Feel free mm-hmm. to cut that if you don't want it in there, but no. Um, that's that's fine. I think I think it was really good to share that we met at a support group because i i think not a lot of people consider that as a form of support and i thought at the time that i met you there i didn't think that that's what i needed but that was exactly what i needed if that makes sense same it's yes same i yeah so we met at a survivors group and just kind of started talking outside of it um which was really helpful because i didn't have anybody in my life that at that time that I knew was in the same or similar situation to me or had similar experiences. So it was really helpful um, just -hmm. to realize that like you're not alone, which is both a really crappy realization, but also a really helpful realization because you realize things are happening to other people too. Yeah. Yeah. But now I live in Denver, Colorado. I've lived here for two years now, which is exciting. And yeah, I, re- I recently came out, uh, which was really exciting, and I am dating somebody after six years of not dating anybody, so that's me. It's been a journey. Wow, that, wow, it sounds like, it sounds like a huge, huge journey, and you said you came out recently, is that right? Yeah, so I, I came out to myself, like, if we're being honest, only in, like, October of 2020 like I knew but I didn't accept it mm-hmm. for a long time so I came out to myself then and then I came out to like my close friends early January I came out to my brother who I'm like closest to in my family in February and then I just decided to bite the bullet and came out to my parents in March so it kind of like all happened together and then I I guess I like came out to like the general public, really just people who follow me on Instagram. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. In like, I don't know, probably in May. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was that experience like and like leading up to it and during and all of that stuff? 
well, coming out to myself was weird because my abuser was female. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I can't be gay because then, I don't know, like somehow there was something with that, like, like it was her that made me gay or like whatever, even though I know you're, it's like not a choice, whatever. So yeah, there was a whole like struggle with that. Whereas like, I don't want, I I was like, I don't want this to be true if it's connected to her kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I think like, I think like there's so many parts of that trauma story that you like, question like you have to question every part of your life right and are you a product of that or is it just like it just so happened and I mean and also the question is does it matter I also don't know you know yeah I I don't know either I think I think I sort of felt like there wasn't like a place for me in the community given like I don't know like somehow my history made me like different than other people in the community and like less than somehow um which like I know now is just an intrusive thought but it felt real for a really long time um yeah so I don't know I just I think like a lot of me realizing that I was gay was literally just me accepting that like one either it doesn't matter if it has to do with my trauma or not like I'm here or like it's just unrelated and like I don't have to connect the two things if I don't want to I mean I mean that definitely makes a lot of sense for sure and I guess does that did like a lot of your anxiety like I help with like this big realization and like doing a lot of steps to be more true to yourself did that help a lot I literally just like told myself I was gay one night and then was immediately like happy like immediately like I all the anxiety was gone and it was so weird I don't know and it was funny because after that night so I'm in therapy and after that night I I kept telling my therapist I was like I feel good but like I don't know if it's gonna last you know because like I go through a lot of up and down so you know, I'm I'm a little bit worried, like, the other shoe is going to drop type of thing. And and I hadn't told her yet either. Like, I hadn't come out to my therapist. Um, so she was like, yeah, I don't, I don't know what changed, but you've made a lot of progress, whatever. So when I did finally tell her, she was like, oh, that's probably what it was. Like, I truly, you know, there are people who say, like, they knew growing up, like, you know, they've always felt it, but just didn't know, like, how to come out or how to say it. But I truly somehow tricked myself for 25, 24 years. Like, I I was like, there's no way. This is, like, absolutely not. I was like, I just don't. I was like, I just don't like men, and everybody has some level of attraction to women. Like, that's super normal. Everybody's that way. And, like, that's just how I explained it in my head. So, like, I really didn't ever think about it. Like, I've had friends who came out, and I still was like, oh, like, that's great for them. I'm a great ally. (laughs) So, yeah. So, coming out to myself was interesting but good. And, I mean, I knew my friends would be supportive, and they were, which was great. Um, And at the same time that I came out, actually, another one of my friends came out and – 
so I don't know. It was kind of like nice to to have somebody to kind of talk about it with. Um, and then coming out to my brother, actually, okay, it was so cute. Well, okay, the way that it happened was I posted an Instagram story or an Instagram post. It was really stupid. It was some pictures that I took in quarantine, and I captioned it quarantine selfies coming out 2021 and I was like haha a cute play on words like but nobody will know and then my brother texted me and he was like hey so like what does your Instagram post mean and I and my response was like what do you mean and he was like so like are you gay (laughs) and I was just like yes I can't I wasn't trying to come out but I can't believe you picked up on that I am truly shocked and honestly impressed with those detective skills so that's how I accidentally came out to him and then I visited his apartment like the weekend after that and him and his girlfriend got me a rainbow cake oh that's so sweet it was really cute they were really really sweet about it um so that was really nice and coming out to my parents was fine like I knew they would be fine with it I would say like Outside of my immediate family, I think the rest of them would probably not react great. But because I'm not close to them, I was like, I don't care about telling you. And, like, I'm sure my grandma wouldn't react well, but I'm like, you're 80. Like, you just don't need to know. It's fine. You just don't need to know. Like, I don't need to ruin your last days or whatever. So I didn't tell them. But, yeah, my mom literally was just like, thanks. Okay. (laughs) like okay and my dad was like I was explaining to him different sexualities and he was like oh my gosh like if I knew bisexual was a thing in my day like I would have been bisexual (laughs) and I was like honestly like I kind of see that for you so I'm not super surprised but I also love this for us (laughs) so oh that's awesome yeah it was a good experience overall um I know that it will be different like I don't know, interacting with the rest of the world. I know that not everybody is going to be the same level of supportive, but yeah, sometimes I get sad about it and thinking about the fact that like there are people who like genuinely hate me because of this. Um, But most of the time I'm just able to laugh at them and be like, okay, well, it's fine. Have you had any, like, negative experience when you're, like, out and about with your girlfriend? Or have have you been kind of thankfully insulated from all of that hate? Yeah, I mean, so far it's been okay. Like, sometimes I've noticed people just kind of, like, staring a little bit more. Like, if we're holding hands or something. But I also live in Colorado, which, like, for the most part is a pretty, like, progressive or like population so Mm -hmm. thankfully I haven't had anybody say anything like directly to me um but like I have friends or I have a friend who came out and like her mom straight up was just like why can't you just be best friends with girls like I'm gonna get holy dirt and hide rosaries in your room and and all that kind of stuff. So, like, I acknowledge how lucky I am. And then I also just, like, feel so much for people who aren't in that situation. Mm-hmm, definitely. Because people are get really ignorant about this stuff, which is, like, why, you know? <sighs> yeah, they really do. They really do. Um, some people are just out here, like, caring so much 
about what other people do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. That's where I am now. I'm sure, like, I might have to experience some of that out in the world, but it still feels better to be, like, living my truth than as opposed to, like, hiding and feeling more safe, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That definitely makes sense. I think uh, I think living your truth is just really no comparison to that. And I, I think for me, as, a, as somebody who hasn't, like, seen you in a video chat in so long, like, I can definitely tell the difference of how, how much brighter and positive and happier you are, which, so I'm so, so happy and proud of you. And also, yeah. thank you for sharing, you know, thank you for sharing yeah. all of that. Yeah, of course. I'm glad to hear it. I do feel brighter. So I'm happy in that way. Um, I saw that you you had you shared with me your dear survivor note. Uh, I do, did. Do you mind reading it aloud? No, of course not. It took me a minute to figure out what I wanted to put, but um, so assuming people can see it, there's a drawing that I did on it, um, which is a whole other thing that I got into drawing over quarantine. But um, the actual text says, Dear Survivor, it's okay to be angry that you have to do the work to heal from a choice that someone else made for you. Mm-hmm. Which just came up a lot for me in the past week. And so it felt right, you know? Mm-hmm. I, and I want to kind of describe it. There's like two arms grasping each other, which was yes. beautifully drawn, beautifully done. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know, yeah, I didn't know that you were quite the artist. Thank you for sharing. That was that's really lovely and so powerful. The message. I'm not usually quite the artist. Like I, so I had a realization over quarantine that you don't have to be good at the things that you like to do. Mm -hmm. Which, as a former gifted and talented young student, like blew my mind. I was like, oh my gosh, I can just do things because I like them. I don't have to be good at them. So, yeah. So I picked up drawing and I also do like watercolor painting. Um, And I really like it. Like it's really soothing for me. And if I'm anxious, like it's a really good distraction. And I've actually improved. Like I've gotten better over time, which of course most people would know that that happens. But I I don't know. Something didn't connect in my brain. And I was like, I'll just never be good at drawing. So yeah, I've gotten a lot better over the past year and I've been trying to do some pieces that, like I've been trying to represent some of my feelings with my drawings, which is really hard. Um, But the one that's like here with the two arms kind of grasping each other, um, I just wanted to, I guess like share the feeling of like being connected to other people and not being alone. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of what you were thinking about when you drew the arms? Yeah, it was kind of like reaching, like somebody reaching out to somebody else for help and 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 that like reach being answered, if that makes sense, like that call being answered. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like being supportive of 
people around you and people you don't know and all of the above because unfortunately like most people have something that they're carrying with them and I think like one of my favorite quotes too is like just because just because you carry it well doesn't mean that it isn't heavy Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so that kind of thing like we don't know what people are carrying um so yeah that was kind of like my idea within drawing it and I didn't know what I was going to use it for, and then you contacted me, and I was like, "This is perfect." Yeah, it's it's perfect. I I really I really love it. Um, and do you have? I guess. Well, is there like a specific scenario, or is there something you kind of wanted to discuss about the message that you have? Like, is there something that you were thinking about that that's why that message kept coming up for you? Yeah, I mean, I think over the past week. And I've been talking about this with my girlfriend. Um, But just the idea that, okay, let me back up because I feel like I need to explain. So when I first accepted that any sort of trauma had happened, I didn't understand, like, why I had to do all this work to be okay. Like, I was like, why can't I just be okay? I didn't understand And it was really frustrating. Um, And then I kind of came to the point where I acknowledged that I'm responsible for healing, right? Like, I didn't choose this. It happened. But if I want to live a life that feels meaningful to me or worth it or whatever, I have to be the one to do that work. Um, And that's kind of like a bitter realization, you know? to realize like I'm the one that has to put all this in and for a long time I was like well you can't be angry because this is your job like this is your responsibility like can't be angry about it um and I was talking about it in therapy this week too and I was like actually you can be angry about this like it sucks yeah it definitely sucks I think anger is something I don't really allow myself to feel like I still it's an emotion that I've repressed so much because as a child for some reason I had decided it wasn't a useful emotion, which is like a silly thing to like think about. I was like, oh, people who are angry, it's just, it's not worth it. And like, no, it's actually, it's actually quite important. Um, And anger drives change. Like, and that's, that's something like, it took me a really long time to figure out. Like, I feel like I figured it out maybe in the last year. Um, So yeah, I think it's, Thank you for sharing that, you know, it, it's definitely okay to be angry. And you, there's so much work now that you have to do to heal because somebody did this to you and somebody made that choice. And it's really angering and it's like totally unacceptable, right? Yeah. And for a long time, I didn't let myself feel angry. And I'm not a particularly like quick to anger person. Mm-hmm. So... I just, I assumed I wasn't angry about it until I let myself. Um, Like, it just, it sucks. And, like, with my situation in particular, like, and I think a lot of people's, unfortunately, a lot of the time there's no accountability, like, for these people. Like, nobody is, nothing is happening. Mm -hmm. Like, it almost feels like somehow, like, I'm the one taking on the, 
quote unquote punishment because I'm like dealing with all this like crap from all of it, like triggers and nightmares and PTSD and like all of this stuff. And there's no accountability for the person who actually did it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think just like allowing myself to be angry about that instead of rationalize like why there is an accountability. Like I understand why I get it. Um, but it doesn't make it okay, you know? Yeah, it's definitely not okay. It actually ties into the the Dear Survivor message I was thinking about before we met is I, what I have is, Dear Survivor, it's okay to not be okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because um, I think we have to feel all of the things to help process what happened. and it's And it's hard when we're in a society where where we learn that we have to suppress these feelings like yeah especially anger like what we're talking about yeah yeah and I I spent a lot of my time trying to not feel things like I truly think I spent like 23 years of my life trying not to have a single feeling or thought um which is exhausting and unrealistic Mm -hmm. um so I'm I'm working on understanding feelings and their purpose and separating myself from my thoughts. Okay, I did have a conversation with my therapist about the things that I wanted to say. Oh yeah, on the podcast. Yes, please do. And like the, there were like three main things. The first one was the quote that, or like the piece that I wrote, the thing. And then the second one was. Again, just, like, acknowledging the whole, like, not bad enough thing because I feel like that's the thing that a lot of survivors of, like, any kind of trauma go through and it's just, like, not, you know it's not helpful, but your brain always ends up there. Um, and the third thing, I guess, I don't know, it was just, like, something I was thinking about a lot because after you asked me to be on the podcast, I was like, I really want to do this, but... I was like, but is, like, my perspective or my story, like, worth sharing or, like, worth being heard, I guess? So, I don't know. I've been doing, like, a lot of reflecting on that and just the idea that, like, if you want to share, it, like, your story is worth other people hearing, you know? Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I had a lot of, I was like, nobody, I, I felt like, it didn't bring anything, but it does. Like anytime somebody can share or even if they can't, like just sharing any kind of experience, like it's worth it for other people. Definitely. And, and I guess, and then let me circle back to that. Like, do you want to share your story? Like, and there's, and there's no, there's no pressure at all to do so, but I, it, it just sounded like it was something that you were considering when you spoke with your therapist. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I don't know, I know I've, like, already talked a lot, but I, I do, like, want, I don't know, I've been thinking about, I want, like, parts of my life and my story are, like, out with different people in my life, right? Like, some people know some stuff, my therapist knows some stuff, but none of it is just, like, in a place where I've just said, like, hey, this is what happened, you know? So, I don't know, but I don't know if that's, like, too much 
it's fine if it is. But. It's not too much. It's I, the question is: Is it too much for you, or is you know this is this is about you? It's not necessarily about the people listening because the people listening <laughs> will, you know, they will relate and they know how to engage. They know how to take care of themselves and step out if they need to. So it's really gonna be your comfort level and and whatever you want to share. And if you do share it here. And then you decide to that you don't want to share later on. That's totally an option too. So, so yeah, it's all yeah. you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess I like don't really know, like how to. I don't know what format to explain things in. I think I just okay. I okay. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna say for a lot of my life. I felt like something was wrong with me and I didn't know why. Like I had a lot of intrusive thoughts around like hurting myself, like that kind of thing. And I never felt safe and I didn't understand why. Like I thought at first I thought that that's how everybody felt. But then when I realized that wasn't normal, I thought something was just wrong with me. And when I was in high school, like everything kind of came to a head when I had a friend tell a teacher they were worried about me and the teacher told a counselor that they were worried about me and the counselor told my parents that they were worried about me, which is like kind of when everything, um, I guess like, I think you can only like keep, keep up appearances, I guess, for so long until things kind of like culminate into something. And so that was it for me. And, and that was like when, when I first started even considering like that, something was wrong with me and like at that time there's nothing wrong with you by the way <laughs> I just wanted to in the in truth <laughs> yeah yeah well okay I guess not wrong but like like maybe there was yes and like maybe there was something that I needed help with is really what it was like that I couldn't handle on my own um but my first experiences like in in mental health care were just not great like and I think a lot of people have that and I think it's frustrating and can put a lot of people off of like continuing to seek help like my first um therapist just like didn't really get what I was talking about and just like wanted me to go inpatient like right away and like all this stuff and it just like felt really extreme given that this was like my first experience I didn't know what was going on um and so eventually, like, I saw a psychiatrist and I explained, I was like, hey, you know, like, there was, like, sexual abuse when I was a kid mm-hmm. and, um, you know, by a family member. And then I just kind of said, like, but I'm okay with it, which, like, obviously was a lie, but he was like, okay, and just put me on medication and, like, sent me on my way. Um, so, like, I didn't really have the chance to, like, do anything about it, which or like talk about it or, or anything, you know what I mean? Like, it was just like, here's, here's your antidepressants, like, good luck. Um, and that was like, right when I was going to college, too. So, you know, like, starting in school is really stressful, as I'm sure you know. And like, I was still struggling a lot. But I, I was like, it. it's just, you know, I just have anxiety. I just have depression. Like, it's nothing else. It's nothing else. It's nothing else type of thing. Um, 
And so even though there was that like initial event where I feel like everything kind of came to a head, I was able to just like push it away again. Like I was like, this isn't a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And just kind of like ignored it um, throughout my first couple of years at school. And then when I was a senior in college, I kind of felt like, okay, maybe I have like a little bit more time to think about mental health. Um, So I went to our school's uh, counseling center, which I think anybody who's ever been to a college counseling center knows that like, unfortunately, like it's just not, it's just not that great. And like the first therapist that I saw there, um, I saw him, I like explained what had happened. Like, again, the same thing. I was like, yeah, there was abuse when I was younger. That's something that I, I think I like need to talk about. And I came back to the next session and he was like, oh, by the way, um, if Child Protective Services tries to contact you, it's because I reported this. What the fuck? Oh, and my God. Oh. And I was so confused because, like, he didn't tell, like, I, I know reporting rules, right? But he didn't tell me, like, when I had told him, he didn't tell me anything about it. And also, like, there was absolutely nothing that was going to be done about it. Like this was in a completely different state, like what, 20 years ago. You know what I mean? Like, I was just like, this is, there's nothing going to happen, but okay. So like, that was just my second experience. And I was like, I'm totally, I'm never, I was like, I'm never doing this again. Right. Cause like you finally talk to somebody and then they just like completely blindside you. Yeah. So anyway, so my senior year, my senior spring, I was taking an abnormal psychology class um, and our professor was like, hey, you know, if you guys ever need recommendations for therapists, like, let me know. I'm happy to to refer you somewhere um, since I know, like, we're learning about a lot of stuff and, like, whatever, people have, have problems finding help or whatever. Um, and so, like, on a whim, I reached out to her and she gave me the name of the therapist that we were seeing in Baltimore. Um and I went to see her and like, it was just, it was just like, so, I don't know. It was my first positive experience with mental health care. And like, I don't know, after a couple of sessions, she was like, hey, you know, I know that the diagnosis isn't everything, um, but I think it could be helpful for you to know that like, I I think you might have PTSD. Like, I I think this might be, like, what's kind of, like, bringing everything together. Um, Like, it's not just anxiety. It's not just depression, which, of course, are, like, valid on their own. But she was like, I don't think that it's, like, these two separate things. I think it's, like, this one thing that connects everything. And I just, like, remember her going through, you know, how there's, like, a checklist or whatever for, like, the DSM. She was, like, going through the checklist, and she would say things, and I would, And, like, for every single one, I was, like, oh, yeah, I do that. Like, oh, yeah, that's me. And it was just, like, such a weird moment to, like, have. I don't don't know what it is, like, for you. But, like, for me, having a name to put to, like, what was going on was just, like, really, really helpful. Um, Yeah, yeah, it's the the same for me. I think just just having an idea of, of what's going on is super helpful and I'm so sorry to hear how terrible it was to like find help and and yeah unfortunately it's kind of a universal experience and it's right but it's still like shitty and it's still not okay 
that they treated you that way that there's such there's there was so many violations of trust when the whole trauma is about a violation of your body and of yourself already yeah yeah absolutely yeah and having group was like so helpful it I don't know it was just like the first time I had ever been around somebody else and like joining a survivors group indicates that you're a survivor right and like I had never put that name to myself um and so I don't know I think for a long time like I kind of felt like a fraud in that like I was like I again back to this like it wasn't bad enough it wasn't this like I'm not a survivor that type of thing so like actually doing that group was like it was really hard but it was kind of empowering you know just to like I don't know call myself that so yeah anyway then I finally made it here to Colorado and started working with my now therapist and we actually started doing EMDR too just interesting that you mentioned it and we started doing it but then the pandemic happened so like we couldn't really do it over Zoom. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah, and like I don't know, just coming to a place of I don't know. There's been a lot of work and a lot of like really hard times, obviously. But like coming to a place where I'm like accepting that like this happened and. I just kind of realized, like, in my life, it, uh, when I was younger, it was just, like, essentially, essentially none of my sexual experiences when I was younger were consensual, like, probably until I was, like, 17. So everything up until that point, I had a lot of guilt about and, like, blamed myself for a lot of things and, like, just realizing that, um my like initial experience with abuse probably made it a lot easier for me to experience it later just because like I didn't have any idea of how to say no mm-hmm. you know what I mean and like I didn't understand like I didn't understand that my body was my own mm-hmm. so like of course that I think made me more vulnerable to having other experiences um so, yeah, I don't know. And, like, a lot of those, like, I think you kind of mentioned, like, you realized something happened when you were 18, like, that kind of thing. Like, a lot of a lot of those kind of moments I've had where I'm like, oh, that, like, okay, that was not consensual or, like, oh, that was whatever. So, it's just been, like, interesting to acknowledge them and fight the part of, well, I'm trying not to fight the part of myself, but, like, there is the two parts of me, the one who's, like, accepting this and accepting like it's bad enough as it is like if it affects you it's bad enough it doesn't matter if it happened one time or a hundred times like it's bad enough and the other part of me that's like you know you're being dramatic and it's not that bad and you know you didn't say no outright and so you know all these other things um so anyway I don't really yeah so I guess that's where I am right now it's just like accepting accepting what happened and acknowledging it actually really and like accepting it's just like saying saying that calling it what it is without qualifiers does that make sense yeah that definitely makes sense I think well I want to first say like thank you for sharing and it like 
was a really, you know, it's a really incredibly hard journey that you've been in. And also just it's really hard to be vulnerable and to share something really difficult like that. And and I'm sorry that that was your experience and, and we're here, we're connected through some terrible, terrible events. And and yeah and it's and it sucks and that there's a lot of work to that that we have to keep doing because you're right it it makes you like one experience especially when you're really young makes you really vulnerable throughout your life until you essentially process it and and be like no this is not happening again and and then like looking back at all of those experiences and then reflecting on it and trying not to blame yourself for for not yeah. being you know for not having the tools to to be empowered and say no and and fight for yourself it's it's really hard it's really yeah it's really hard yeah i mean thank you thanks for listening and like letting me just say it because i just wanted to i don't know it just like felt important for me to like put it out into the world um in whatever way so i think and then i oh go Go ahead ahead. sorry no you go ahead no i was just gonna say like i think all of that has led me to the point where i am now of like i said like saying i was sexually abused and like there was sexual assault in my childhood and there are no qualifiers to that right like no like but it was this or but it was that Mm -hmm. And then to the point where I am now, which kind of like ties back into what I was talking about and why I wrote what I wrote of like being in a place where like, this is what happens and I'm angry about it and that's okay. Like, mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean like, I understand that maybe being angry about it isn't going to heal anything. Like nobody, you know what I mean? But it's, like, it's something I can feel, and that's okay, and, like, I should, well, not should be, but, like, I don't know. It's, like, a valid thing to feel, I guess, so mm-hmm. I feel like that's where I am now of, like, finally being upset about it, which you would think I might have felt before, but took me until now, so. I mean, I can definitely relate to that. I think I have yet to be really angry about what happened to me. I I still struggle with being angry and and. and and putting it aside as to like what what would it do but but i guess this feeling of anger is driving me to want change and to have us have these conversations so it is important it's an important and valid feeling to have because it's not okay and it was bad enough right yeah and I don't know like every time i think about all of the work that you're doing i'm just like so I don't know if proud is the right word, but proud and impressed and um, grateful for, like, everything that you're doing because, I don't know, like, you showed me in a way that you can take your pain and, like, turn it into something else. Like, it doesn't just have to stay in this place and you don't just have to keep it to yourself. Like, you can share it with the world and that's okay. So... I don't know. I really appreciate like everything you've been doing. Oh, thank um, you so much. That really means yeah. a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess, yeah, I think 
I, I really appreciate you for coming here. I, I do want to share that actually next week is the anniversary of my drama. And I really, I was, I really am, you know, of, of course not in, in the best place in general. And, and I think yeah. that is also compounded with like overall, you know, nursing COVID burnout. But I also yeah. kind of, I wanted to show up like, because I, I also like we we're not perfect like it's okay to not be okay like and and I, I i figured that we can hold space for each other and it's gonna work out and it, and it did and so thank you you know so thank you for being yeah here. i mean yeah. i'm i'm really sorry that that's coming up and that's i mean just like so incredibly difficult so anything that you're feeling is valid and like you said like I can hold space for that and like it's okay that you're not okay and mm-hmm. and feeling whatever it is that you're feeling like you don't have to be okay to be a valuable person yeah and I really like appreciate everything you shared because then because a lot of it really like resonated with me like I, I started the day was like I, w- I was like feeling really crappy and then like having this conversation with somebody I know who really understands who can like see me and and also hear hear you share all of your struggles and in a way that also resonated with me just hugely hugely helped me today so I, I really appreciate you yeah I'm so glad and like if you need anything in the next I mean, ever, but also in the next couple of weeks. Like, I'm, I'm here. I'm around. I'm just doing work from home. So, oh, thank you. I'm always, I'm always available. Um, yeah, shit. I mean, anniversaries. Well, I don't know if you want to call it an anniversary, but still, it's just like, right. yeah, yeah. it. It needs a new there, name, yeah. but I have. There's no other name for it. But yeah, it's trauma versary. A trauma versary. I don't know. I'm sorry. That's way better than anniversary. That's true. Yeah. 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 But hey, we made it. And I feel like, I don't know. As long as we keep doing the work, you know, we can keep building something that matters to us, which I think is like in the end what everyone is trying to do just like build a life that matters to you and and is worth it for you yeah whatever that looks like definitely and absolutely and I think and I think we're all just trying to find meaning you know especially if something horrible happens to you you just kind of want to make something matter out of it instead of just kind of sitting in the dark because you do sit in the dark for a long time and then you realize that why it's not worth it and it's not it's not our responsibility and it's not it wasn't our choice and so they should feel they should feel it and they should take ownership of it yeah it's not our shame to feel Mm -hmm. it's it's theirs and I, I oh my god I hate when people say everything happens for a reason I'm really sorry if some people resonate with that um but like I don't know. I'm just like it didn't happen for a reason. There is no reason. And like you can you can get something out of it and you can make something from it, but it didn't happen for a reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or at least that's how I feel. So like yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Know. It happened because somebody made a choice. You're right. Yeah. 
and but, and they took your choice yeah yeah and i don't know the fact that you're able to do anything with it other than you know all the feelings that come with it like the fact that you are turning that into something to share with other people um or even somebody just like taking their experience and processing it and being able to live a life that matters to them is um just like a powerful way to take that take that choice back really definitely definitely and and even in this kind of work that I'm doing like I don't want to always like I don't want to show that like a perfect front like I want people to know that I yeah like I I obviously get bad days um and this dear survivor project like I didn't do it for almost a year like it was on pause and then I just you know like like sometimes you need breaks and sometimes you know you have the energy to to do the work and and it's okay and as long as it feels it right for you yeah yeah I I think there's gonna be crappy days no matter what even if you've not been through anything and so just like I don't know sitting in it and acknowledging that it sucks and like it sucks even more because there was you know a traumatic experience and that's okay um like you said it's okay not to be okay yes definitely okay Um, to not be okay yeah Yeah. feeling good doesn't make you more worthy of a person so Mm -hmm. yeah that's where i'm at anyway (laughs) did you end up doing any self-care before this call i'm just curious if you or did you have to do any kind of prep work yeah, so I had a call with my therapist yesterday that was, like, specifically to, to like, get ready for today. So we talked about, like, what I might want to say, what I might want to talk about. And so I recently started DBT, which I don't know if you know anything about. It's DBT? dialectical behavior therapy. What is that? Is that just talking? That's Is that different from talk therapy? Yeah? Okay. Yeah. So it was originally created for people with borderline personality disorder. Um, and there's like four tenets to it. It's like mindfulness, emotion regulation, distress tolerance, and interpersonal effectiveness. And there are like skills for each of those kind of categories. And my individual therapist recommended it to me because I was just like at a point where I felt like nothing was helping. And yeah, I was just, I was really struggling. I was struggling with my physical health and I was struggling with my mental health and I needed something different. And so she was just like, why don't you just try this? Like you can join a group. So it's actually another group. Um, mm-hmm. And it's been so helpful. Um, I, I wish that everybody had to learn the skills. So can you expound, like, I'm so curious, can you expound on it a little bit more? Like, what kind yeah. of skills do you do in it? Yeah. Okay. I Well, I haven't done it all, and I'm not an expert, so okay. keep that in mind. But, like, we went over distress tolerance, and it's basically, like, skills that you can use in really stressful moments, in really high-intensity emotion moments to kind of ground yourself or take a step back or figure out, um, basically just like bring yourself back to reality before anything explodes or whatever. And like, for me, 
the thing that I deal with the most that this is helpful for is anxiety and, and flashbacks because I, I call them flashbacks, but really it's like somewhere in between panic and a flashback. I don't know, but um, I just, it's like such an extreme emotion that I feel like I can't bring myself back to the moment to use any other skills like mm -hmm. distraction or whatever. And so the one that I use the most is like changing your temperature. So I'll just like hold ice in my hands, um, like that type of thing. But there's like a bunch of other ones, like um, high intensity exercise, which I actually do do sometimes for anxiety because sometimes my anxiety makes me feel like I could run a marathon and I like just need to get some of it out, you know? Mm -hmm. That's definitely me. <laughs> yeah. So I use that. Um, and there are like other skills that I'm forgetting. Um, and then we did emotion regulation, which was so helpful for me. I'm sure you remember the feelings wheel from mm -hmm. group. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's not that, but it's about identifying your emotions and like understanding whether or not they are reasonable for the situation that you're in. So and identifying emotions is so hard for me. Like I, at every, any given moment, if you asked me what I was feeling, I would just say fine because I, I don't know what I'm feeling. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I just don't have words for it. So there was a whole section on uh, physical responses to emotions to kind of like help yourself figure out what emotion you're feeling. And so I'm really good at identifying anxiety because it, I feel it all the time, but like sadness, I, somehow I didn't connect the fact that I felt like crying to the fact that I was sad, mm -hmm. like things like that. So, um, so that's been really helpful in just realizing and, and I also identifying like positive emotions too. Yeah. Um, and realizing that like you do feel good sometimes and, and that's okay. It doesn't, it doesn't take away. Yeah, which, yeah, is a whole rabbit hole of, like, I know that the quote last week from Kate was about not having to prove that things are bad enough. And, like, proving that things are bad enough, like, is is my entire brain all the time. So that really resonated with me. But anyway, so, yeah, so uh, emotion regulation. And then right now we're on interpersonal effectiveness which is um, really helpful for me because it's, I think a lot of it is targeted for when people get really angry mm -hmm. um, and can't communicate effectively or whatever. Mm -hmm. Again, like don't quote me on any of this, but, but it's just been helpful because like there's sections on like asking for something you need or saying no, which are two things I'm so bad at. Um, my anxiety prevents me a lot, I think, from asking for things that I want or need. Um, and saying no is something that's like, it's just been hard for me my entire life. I I don't know. So I'm working on those two things right now. So we haven't done mindfulness yet, but that's like the next section. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. You know, everything you just said really resonates with me. Like I dissociate a lot. I have a hard time um defining emotions feeling emotions like there's like the, there's some core emotions that i feel which is really i know happy i know sad i know anxious 
<laughs> and then yeah. beyond that, I, I really don't like I don't have anything else. Um, yeah. When we were doing the feelings wheel um, <laughs> in in group therapy, I struggled all the time with that. Cause I'm like, I what know. the heck am I? Like, I just know the very basic of the feelings. <laughs> it was so hard. Like, <laughs> so hard. I I always didn't want to go first because I was like, I don't, I don't know what I'm feeling. Like. If people ask me, I feel like I'm feeling nothing, but obviously that's not true. Like, yes, there are some times when I'm, you know, my emotions are more flatlined or whatever, but I just, yeah, I had no idea truly. Yeah. I mean, I also like, I feel like I always struggle with, do people really want to know what I feel? Number one. And number two is like, I do always feel fine when people are asking me because like you have to have a a front when you're around people I don't know where it's, it's a very natural thing so I mean so yeah I definitely yeah can relate to that yes I for a long time felt like I was two completely different people like there was me when I was around others like acting fine trying to be funny like very talkative very extroverted like that whole thing and then there was me, like, when I was alone, just feeling like crap mm-hmm. and anxious about everything and dissociating and feeling like I wasn't living my own life and all those other things. And so I, I think a lot of my therapy in the past couple of years um, has been really focused on, like, trying to connect those two versions of myself into just me. Mm-hmm. Um, and like accepting that they're both me because I felt like I was being fake on both sides. Like I was being this like other person who's really um, like happy and likes to talk and whatever. And then this other person who, I don't know, just like feels a lot and, and doesn't feel good enough and all these other things. And I felt like both of them were faking. But really, it's just that I am bo- I am both of them and that's okay. But mm-hmm. I really needed a therapist to tell me that because I would not have come to that realization. I guess my next question is, how do you feel after, you know, everything you've shared and just, you know, now, just checking in, getting to temp? I feel, um, I feel pretty good, actually. I mean, I think I feel a little bit sad because... Like, it's just a sad thing to talk about, but I don't know. It feels good to just have, like, said, said things and, like, not um, try to explain it, just saying it, not trying to explain, like, why it counts or, like, why it was bad enough or what, or maybe why it wasn't bad enough. Like, just not adding any of that into the, into the situation. I, it's. this is like a thing in dbt like radical acceptance which is just like fully accepting something just like no other ifs or whatever so i feel like i'm trying to practice a little bit of radical acceptance with with um my own story Mm -hmm. that's good and and i think that's i think like that's why maybe podcast is a good kind of way to do it because then like this whole experience is really like oh an experience that takes away our voice and especially with the traumas that happen after that and and I wonder if like really 
like physically speaking and talking about your story would help and and I hope I hope it did yeah yeah it did it really did I think you're right I think it feels like I'm able to own it a little bit more now but I mean how are how are you feeling what's your temperature (laughs) I mean I'm feeling really good um yeah I feel I feel really good like there's definitely like an energy that you get when you have a meaningful conversation especially even within trauma like like yeah I I hate being tokenized and just like oh just oh she's a survivor and this happened to her like like I hate like because then afterwards you just kind of feel like this weird open box but like if it's a much more meaningful conversation like the one that we have I just feel like renewed in some way if that if that makes sense yeah it does make sense I do know what you mean with like uh like being tokenized or just like acknowledging it but then people don't hold space for the feelings around it type of thing Mm -hmm. Um, which I feel like we all need so definitely Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for being here. I guess I just want to check in with you if there's any more last things that you wanted to say uh, before we wrap up. Um, not that I can think of other than just that I hope that other people know that their story is worth hearing. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Their story is definitely worth hearing. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here, Joan. I really, really appreciate you. I appreciate everything you've shared. It was so brave, so brave (laughs) of your coming out story, your survivor story, and, you know, the trauma after. And you shared so much with us. And we are holding space for you. We see you, we hear you, and really appreciate you. Thank you. Of course. Thank you. Thank you for everything that you're doing and for having space for me. I hope that I can do the same for you. Oh, yeah, you definitely are doing it right now. Thank you. (laughs) This is the Dear Survivor podcast with Rosem Martin. I would highly encourage some self-care after listening to this episode. Our website, DearSurvivor.org, offers resources and links for both survivors and allies. Follow us on Instagram at the Dear Survivor Project. Send us your thoughts on the Dear Survivor Project at gmail.com. Thank you to Philippe Da Silva for the music, Claudine Delphine for the art, and Joan for being our guest.